It's the California Wine Country Podcast with Steve Jackson and Dan Berger. We taste, we laugh, we learn. On their website, it says, Explore the legacy of our Pinot Noir and Chardonnay roots. That's enough for me. My two favorite wines in the world. It is California Wine Country with Dan Berger, brought to you by Bottle Barn. Our guest today is Teresa Heredia from (laughs) Gary Farrell Wines. Teresa, great to see you again. Thanks for having me back. It's our pleasure. When you bring Gary Farrell in, you could come on every day if you want. I bring you Chardonnay. And this Chardonnay, we'll talk about in a moment, but uh, (laughs) give us the history of Gary Farrell and the winery and everything. The the brand Gary Farrell Winery has been around since, um, since the early 80s, in fact, Gary's first wine with his own label on it was from the 1982 vintage, and he made that wine from the the famed Rocchioli Vineyard. So he was, in fact, the first winemaker for Rocchioli. They hired him. They were all working together at Davis Bynum in what's Mm -hmm. in the Thomas Georgia State facility right now. And they asked him, they asked Gary to make the wine, and so they paid him in grapes that year, which is pretty cool. So that's where that 1982 Rocchioli Pinot comes from, a whopping 55 cases. (laughs) <laughs> yep. And give us Gary's history as far as how he became such an iconic wine man, winemaker here in uh, our area. Well, Gary, it <clears throat> seems, kind of stumbled into it. So he went to Fresno State studying political science, and um, Nancy Bailey, our general manager, likes to tell the story that he was making beer in his dorm room, and that's how he got into fermentation science. So um, shortly thereafter... Um, I don't know the full story, but he got into the wine industry, and he started working with these people locally, like Davis Bynum. Well, I can tell you a little bit more. Sure. I got to know Gary really well back in 82, 83, and his first job at Davis Bynum was he was a handyman, and he was doing painting. He was a handyman? He was a handyman. He was doing painting and and all this other stuff. on the. He, he was climbing ladders and hammering nails and so forth. And at some point, Hamp Bynum was doing some of the winemaking, and uh, Gary said, why don't you do it this way? And Hamp said, well, if you can do it better, take over. And Gary said, well, I I don't know anything about making wine. And Hamp said, yes, you do. (laughs) And so that's how it started. Wow. (laughs) And Teresa, you're the current winemaker at Gary Farrell. Yes, I am. Give us your background, your history. So I grew up in Pittsburgh, California, so in the East Bay, Pittsburgh without the H. Um, So I didn't grow up in a winemaking family or even in winemaking country. And so when I graduated high school, I got accepted to Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo. I had actually gotten accepted to a couple other places, Davis and Santa Barbara, and considered them, but decided to go to Cal Poly because it's just gorgeous and it's by the ocean. Yeah. So I studied biochemistry as an undergrad, and um, then I worked in biopharmaceuticals for a hot minute. I went to Amgen in Thousand Oaks, and I got bored, so I applied to grad school. Spent two years at UC Davis working on my doctorate in chemistry, and then I discovered the wine program while I was there. So I was a teaching assistant along with 11 other graduate students, and um, we all exchanged our stories about our research projects, and the enology students brought wine to the tasting sessions. And so we exchanged stories and talked chemistry, but we talked about our different products. And my product was peptides, and theirs was wine. So it was really just, you know, I had already fallen in love with wine. I was doing cancer therapeutics research. How long have you been at Gary Farrell? I just celebrated my nine-year anniversary on May 1st. Nice. Believe it or not. I spent 10 years as the winemaker for Joseph Phelps Freestone Vineyards, and I can't believe I've almost been at Gary Farrell for that long. Dan... 
Give us your general thoughts on uh, the Gary Farrell wines. Well, not only is it a totally spectacular property, uh, it's uh, just south of the Wooler Bridge, and only two wineries on that side of the bridge. All the others are on the other side. Uh, but it's also a project that was originally conceived by Gary and his partners to maximize subtlety and gracefulness in wine. And that is all the equipment that was put into that uh, property was really designed to make sure that the winemaker had every last possible tool that would that allowed for making a wonderful wine that was also both delicate and went with food. And that's exactly what uh, Teresa has done with these uh, wonderful pieces of equipment. You've got everything at your disposal, and you've not messed anything up. Oh, thanks. <laughs> it really thanks. works. That's the goal. <laughs> thanks, Dan. How many different wines are you guys making these days? Uh, we make I mean, about- you're, you're keyed in on Chardon and Pinot. We are. We are. And, you know, between 24 and 27 approximately different wines. So just to give you an idea, we make a Sauvignon Blanc, a Rosé of Pinot Noir, about eight different Chardonnays, 12 to 14 Pinots, a Zinfandel. So there you go. The Chardonnay is just killer. Yeah. Uh, Tell me why I like this so much, Dan. Well, first of all, it's uh, uh, as the house style delivers both richness and delicacy in the same glass. It's got richness because of the way it was handled, but also it's got the delicacy because of the acidity underlying. The last thing you taste is the acid, and it's just perfect. It doesn't come across as tart or sour. It comes across as balanced. It's, it is totally balanced, and it's smooth as hell yeah. <laughs> on the palate. And you know how much I like the finishes of good wines. And this finish Ooh. for a Chardonnay... Now Thank I'm you. hungry. Mike, we we'll go down yeah, with it. Exactly. Go down and get some oysters in the in the basement. Uh, scallops. That I'm would be good. Scallops. Yeah, I'm, I'm allergic to scallops. I'm oh, sorry. I can't do that. <laughs> no scallops. Wow. What year is this? This is 2018, and this is a new vineyard release for Gary Farrell Winery. So this is a 2018 Marta Ella Vineyard Pinot. We, I mean Chardonnay, excuse me. We get we purchased the fruit from Benovia. So it's a... Uh, you know, really close spacing the way that they plant at Bonovia is, you know, really in a Burgundian fashion. So vines are lower to the ground. Um, the vines are planted close to one another. So there's greater competition and just, you know, great concentration and depth. And really, the all the Bonovia fruit has a, a tremendous sense of place. And I think this wine wow. does. I love the phrase grape competition. Uh, they're playing Sunday at Hot <laughs> by the way. Didn't see uh, that one coming. <laughs> He is no longer with Gary Farrell Winery. No, he's selling cars. He's selling. He's. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's a long story. He's a uh, into uh, uh, ancient restoring. collectible and re- restoring cars. Oh, and cool! Stuff. I mean, very, very high end stuff. Really, <laughs> very special stuff. How long ago did he leave the winery? So he retired in well from Gary Farrell in after the 2006 vintage or really? after the 2005 vintage. I always get confused. So he's been gone from Gary Farrell for a long time. And then he started Elysian, and then he retired from the wine industry officially and has been restoring cars ever since. Wow. He's really a, a, a very, very insightful guy and has a lot of uh, passion for the, the type of wines that he sort of pioneered in this county. And a lot of what he left behind has been transferred to others. And it's really evident in these wines. These are really wines that are a combination of what Teresa's doing with Gary's uh, philosophy behind it. Right. 
trying and, when I started I was trying to adhere to the philosophy of making wines that are expressive of the place and you know our food friendly Dan hit the nail on the head when he first introduced the brand you may have mentioned this talking about Gary Farrell but where did he grow up Gary yeah actually well, he, Dan you can well, probably he went to Fresno but then I. he Grew up. Uh, he he went to. He's a Californian, he, though, right? Yeah, he was at Sonoma State actually. Wow. Just prior to going to Davis Bynum as a sort of, sort of a Sonoma handyman. State. I said Fresno. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sonoma State. Wow. So he's a he's a a local, uh, and uh, uh, one of the nicest people I ever met in my life. I still call him a friend, although I haven't seen him in a couple of years. Does he come by, Teresa, and see what's going on and taste some wines and such? He comes by to taste the wines. He purchases a lot of Gary Farrell wine, um, and he is in touch with Nancy Bailey. They worked together back when, uh, in the early 2000s. Wow. They know each other very well. property, I'm not just kidding, that is the most spectacular winery you'll ever see. They just recently redesigned the tasting room, and it's worth visiting. And you can visit. Uh, you guys are doing tastings and such outdoors. We are, By appointment, indeed. as every winery is. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell our listeners who aren't familiar with uh, where exactly you guys are, where exactly are you guys? Great question. <clears throat> Dan alluded to it a little bit. So we are located in the heart of the Russian River Valley on West Side Road. So many of you know where... Most of the wineries are, like Rocchioli and William Selliam. Well, when you go over the little Wooler Bridge, the little rusty red bridge, you make a left turn instead. You'll see two arrows only heading towards Guerneville. You'll pass Motion, and then Gary Farrell is located there, perched on the top of a hill, uh, kind of at the bottom of Mount Jackson. So it's a gorgeous place. And Mount Jackson is not J-A-X-O-N. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. Not the way you spell. Um, <laughs> so, wow. Uh Explain, Dan just said it was just one of the most beautiful places in wine country. Explain what you folks are doing, what what it looks like, and, and what's available as far as tasting again. So we are offering a, an assortment of different tasting experiences, not only in person, outdoor, but also uh, virtual. We're going to continue with the virtual tasting. So many of them are educational. So we offer neighborhoods tastings. Um, we offer food and wine pairings. At the winery, you have different price levels of uh, tasting options that you can do. But every tasting that you do at Gary Farrell is hosted by somebody who's going to spend time with you. It's not going to be, you know, a place where you're going to see 30 different tables seated and, you know, nobody ever gets to talk to the, the customer representative. They mm-hmm. really sit and spend one-on-one time with you. So and it's a personal experience. And the is large enough so that more than one group can get together and you don't get – you're not interrupting anybody else and they're not interrupting you. And the, the folks who they've put together as their team of educators, they're really unbelievably knowledgeable. I was shocked. I, I went up to do one of those tours about – seven months ago, and I was blown away by how good those people are. Do you remember the glamping tent? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) We did that together. Yeah, that's fun. It's true. So they're all seated tastings. Ever since the tasting room was remodeled, um, every single tasting is seated and hosted by somebody that's going to spend one-on-one time with you. No No more bellying up to the bar. That is so cool. And if you get there early enough, I don't know what time, what time do you open? Uh, our first seating, I think, is 10.30. So if you get there at 10.30, you might be lucky enough to see the fog receding because mm-hmm. it's a spectacular property. It's really on top of a mountain, and it's gorgeous. Just beautiful. What a view. 
Nancy Bailey is the GM, and I believe I've met her. Give us some of her background and uh, how she became involved with Gary Farrell. Wines. Well, uh, Nancy actually studied uh, international relations or conflict resolution, international conflict resolution, something like that. She actually lived in Russia for a while, so it's ironic that she now lives and you know works in the Russian River Valley. So uh, she worked with Gary under one of the previous... Uh, she worked for... Um, the group that Gary Farrell was owned by many years ago after Gary sold. And so that's how she knows Gary. So she actually worked for the, the branding side. So she knows the winery intimately. She knows Gary and Debbie very, very well. And um, that's, I don't, I don't want to give you the whole story of how she got into the wine industry, but that's part of it. Very cool. Dan? <coughs> the real message is how Gary located some of the vineyards and then how Teresa has refined all the purchasing of vineyard properties for Pinot Noir. Now, this is really, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I, and I, as much as I love the Chardonnays, and I certainly do, I think the Pinots really are your flagship. And they are. boy, they are really good. There's, uh, if you want to talk about yeah, well, the best Pinot. I'm on the Chardonnay. (laughs) This is incredible. I'm not not dumping it. (laughs) So there's a a flintiness. There's a really beautiful reduction to this Chardonnay. You were talking about the aroma. What's the aroma? We also, um, we leave each of the Chardonnays in barrel from the time that the juice goes to barrel until it's time to take them the wines out of barrel to get them ready for blending. And so they sit on their primary lees, and sometimes they develop this really beautiful reduction. So you're getting a combination of that plus the, the toast from the oak punchins that this spent time in. But my, my experience oh, with man, this wine is to wait, wait three years from the time of release. Well, of course, Dan lay it down burger. I'm surprised you, know, you wouldn't you lay it down for 20 wine. years. But. And we're coming up. Actually, next month will be three years since it was harvested, actually. So. Okay, three years from the harvest, then... Another three years in the bottle, because if you give it the time, it just goes crazy in the bottle. They, they what about the decanting that you? Same thing. I mean, a couple can, hours you, in the decanting. I would say an hour, because you don't want to push too much on these young wines, because some of the primary fruit is going to dissipate if you give it too long in the, in gotcha. the decanter. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I think it's showing beautifully right now. It's had. It, I was going to say next month would be three years in bottle, but it's only two years in mm. bottle. And so. I'll enjoy it now. Yes. Uh, Teresa, you're the director of winemaking. Uh, how many winemakers are you directing over at Gary Farrell? <laughs> I mean, how many are there working? So we're, this is really important, actually. So we are a team of winemakers. So um, I have, there's myself, of course. There's uh, Brent McCoy, who's the associate winemaker. Mark Osborne is our um, enologist. Peter is our cellar supervisor. And Randy Check is our vineyard liaison. So we work together. Um, Randy doesn't sit and taste with us, but the rest of us, we, we make the decisions together. I make the ultimate decisions in terms of when to pick and how many punch downs to do, but everything else we really do as a team. So we're a team of winemakers, if that makes sense. No, it does. Completely. And there are other... And I direct it. And well, you should. <laughs> California Wine Country brought to you by Bottle Barn. Dan Berger, of course. And our guest today is the... Director of Winemaking at the Great Gary Farrell Winery, Teresa Heredia. Always a pleasure to see you. Thank you. It's GaryFarrellWinery.com, and you want to see a beautiful place and have some great wine tasting, go to the website, 
check it out, make a reservation, and uh, they'll take care of you. Speaking of Bottle Barn, they're open for in-store shopping, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day. You can place an order, uh, as always, for curbside pickup at BottleBarn.com. As we all know, Bottle Barn's been providing our area with an unmatched selection of the finest wines, beers, and spirits for many years. The greatest prices around. They're the best place to find the most amazing deals in wine country. We always say, in fact, Bottle Barn's where wine country buys their wine. And don't forget, it's beer and spirits, too, and you'll find a selection like you won't find anywhere. Bottle Barn can ship wine to most states. Go to BottleBarn.com for all the details. And don't forget to listen to this show, California Wine Country, every week on the drive. Brought to you by Bottle Barn. And, uh, Dan, you saw Barry Herbst from Bottle Barn, the wine buyer, yesterday. And he's just too busy to come in. We haven't seen him in a while. They are so... They're doing, like, three things at once. And it's really difficult. They're doing a lot of shipping. they got a lot of brand-new wines in. They're... Wine prices are lower than they've ever been. And also, just as a side note, they still carry about 70 dry rosés for the summer, for the spring and summer. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is one of those unbelievable. I go in about once a week, and my wife has to hold my hands out of my pocket so I can't grab my credit card. It's just it's astounding. What a, what a property. Yeah, Barry's been doing so well with the rosés. Oh, my goodness. And what they're offering, it's amazing. I just bought three of them yesterday. I didn't want them, but uh, (laughs) they they talked me into it. They never have too much rosé. And the champagne in that back room. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, the champagnes Mm -hmm. are incredible. Mm -hmm. And, and of course, Teresa, you can get Gary Farrell wines at Bottle Bar. Indeed, you can. They're a good supporter. They probably have a lot of various Farrell wines. Let's yeah, talk two, about three. this Pinot. It's a 2017. <sighs> yeah, and you just heard Dan do the big uh, wine sigh. Uh, that this really truly is amazing. Uh, tell me why I love this so much. Well, I it's hard to imagine why this has this come hither attitude toward it. You want to keep sipping and sipping and sipping when it's wine is not anywhere near ready to drink it. It's so it's got it's bursting with future potential. It it, it has that sort of a blackberry almost a cassis character a little teeny bit of um red fruit of some sort but not it's it's like uh, teresa said off air that this is not the strawberries or raspberries that you can get out of russian river this is really from the uh, petaluma gap and that's a little bit typically more rustic but in this case all it did was give it better acidity this is it starts to scream for food you, all you want is put some food with it. A rare roast beef on this, and this will oh, yeah. be killer. Mm-hmm. Mike, back to the uh, cellar downstairs and get some <laughs> rare roast beef, please. <laughs> oh, that is just gorgeous. It's stunning wine. And it's and it's so young. I mean, I, I thought it was an 18, and Teresa told me it was a 17. Whew. Yeah, it needs some time, it definitely. It really does. It's a beauty, though. It's a, the, the blend is made up of two heirloom selections. Um, so it's Well, actually, it's one heirloom selection, Swan, and, and some clone 943. So both clones are actually known to be um, small clusters with tiny, tiny berries, really great concentration. The Swan contributes kind of more of the, the fruit character, and the 943 is the structure, the tannin. But it's nowhere near as tannic as Gap's Crown. They're very different. We make both wines, and the Gap's Crown is big and muscular, and the Terra de Promisio is, is more feminine, if I can use the masculine-feminine comparisons. Yes, you can. Do you agree, Dan? 
Well, since I haven't had them side by side, I would tend to agree with you. But I do know how Gats Crown can be a little bit tough Mm -hmm. when it first comes on the market. This one is not tough in any way other than the fact that the acidity is so brilliant. I mean, your acid here is just all. Every time I take a sip of this wine, it's like the twelfth time I've taken a sip. I keep thinking, "Where's the food? I just need something to go with it." <laughs> yeah, it needs food. I can see uh, duck breast with mm. a cherry reduction. Mike, forget the beef. Uh, <laughs> uh, pull a duck out of the cellar, will you? Could you please? <laughs> I'll the, stick on around. The wing. <laughs> Wow, that's good. That's good stuff. What's the re- what's seventeen? A, what's the retail price on this? This one is seventy dollars. It's perfectly priced. If it were any lower, people wouldn't take it seriously, and if it were any higher, it'd be tough to buy. Seventy dollars is right in the wheelhouse of all the great Pinot Noirs coming in from California these days. And Teresa, we made the- a small five hundred cases, so snap it up. Jeez, are both of these wines available at Bottle Barn? No, they are not. We only have a few wines that are available in wholesale, and that would be our two Russian River Selection wines, the Chardonnay and the Pinot, our Olivet Lane Vineyard Chardonnay, which is a stunning Chardonnay, and our Hallberg Pinot, which Dan says is one of the best vineyards in California. Hallbert. Hallberg Vineyard. It's Hallberg. A, it's up on 116. It's a little uh, vineyard. It's actually split by 116. There's a little piece on the left and a piece on the right, and it's a how many acres is up there? Ooh, in I always forget. Mm, like 130 something. It's like a lot. It's a big acreage. It's, it's um, emeritus owns the property. Oh, but they, they have so much fruit that they're selling some of it. And boy, it is really a good vineyard. It's a fabulous vineyard. Might get the duck, will you? <laughs> <laughs> we have 36 different vineyards. It's hard to remember the acreages of all of them. Well, it's I can imagine. That. Yeah. That. As I've said, the Chardonnay and Pinot are my two favorite wines, and this Pinot Ooh. is doing it for me. She's a little restrained and sexy at the same time. Dan, can I put this in my uh, decanter tonight for an hour or Definitely. Two? I would say put it in the decanter. Um, you don't want to wait till day after tomorrow. Tomorrow is probably going to be better, but after... One full day open. Yeah, you don't want it to open too much. Yeah, because if you lose too much of the aromatics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agreed. What is this one here? This next one is our 2018 Taboni Vineyard Pinot Noir. Do you say Heredia or Her... Heredia is Redia. Okay. (laughs) That's the easiest way to remember. I'll remember that. Teresa Heredia Mm -hmm. from Gary Farrell Wines, GaryFarrellWinery.com. You need to check out what they do. You need to check out and taste what they make. And, again, it's a gorgeous place. And, uh, you know, go on the website, make a reservation for a wine tasting out in the beautiful area around the winery. And the time's, again, 1030 to? I think the last seating is around 330 or 4. Okay. I've been to New York several times. I know a lot of people. Thank you, Dan. And Good I, night, everybody. Wait, I'm not ready. <laughs> and I talk to them all the time about what do they, what do they think of things like the Statue of Liberty and the Empire State Building, and they don't go. They never go. No. New Yorkers never do those things. No. no, I spent all my. I was born in Lo- on Long Island. I spent all my summers in Brooklyn. We never went to the okay. Statue of Liberty, and I'm pissed about that. The people who are living in Sonoma County who are listening to us right now probably don't go wine tasting. True. 
they should go to Gary Farrell Winery because this is the jewel of this county, and we should allow it to be seen as such broadly. A friend of mine came in from San Diego last week. I set him up for a tasting at Gary Farrell. He came back crowing. He said, this is the greatest wine tasting I've ever been to, and, and this is a guy who once owned a wine sh- shop. Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Wow. What did, did you just, you poured Dan another Pinot? No, not no, no. Not quite I'm yet, not, but I are you ready? Yet. I'm still oh. sipping on Are you one. ready? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what's the name of this one? This is the Taboni Vineyard. Taboni, so T-O-B-O-N-I. In, this is in Santa Rosa. It's in the it's in the neighborhood of the Russian River Valley called the Santa Rosa Plains. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, is this ever different. This is really the very, Russian River. Very, very, yeah, it's, it's classic Russian River. This has got the raspberries and the strawberries. And a little teeny, teeny bit of, of wild thyme. Wild thyme. Sundays in Sebastopol. <laughs> he keeps going at me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know you love it. So, ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay, thank you. This is, this is succulent. Compared to the other one, this is succulent. This is rich. It's got a little bit of the, the pizzazz. That, this is an earlier drinking wine. This is a much more enjoyable Early on wine, you don't have to age this one at all if you if you don't want to. Just put it in the decanter for. But two this hours. is a 2018 as well, right? Oh, yeah, the first one was a 17. Correct. This is an 18. This is an 18. Okay, which one do you prefer? I like them both. I think if I were to drink one first, I'd drink the 18 first. I'd wait for the 17 because it really needs time in the bottle. Whereas, and that's one of the reasons it was released later because it just didn't show well when it was. Uh, a year ago now the 18 take one sip of this 18 it's just it's silky it's, it's juicy pure. it's delicious juicy. it is in comparison mm. to the what did i say the uh slightly reserved and sexy terra de Promisio, this one's a little slutty <laughs> <laughs> a little slutty it's a little slutty wednesdays at hot monk <laughs> um i'm sorry folks i just can't stop uh Wow. What I like about this wine more than anything else is that it illustrates what Russian River does best. Raspberries, strawberries, it has all that fruit, all that succulence. It's mouth-filling. It still has good acidity, so it will age, but not as long as the previous wine. The previous wine's a 17, but it's tight as a drum. This one here is obvious. and at, You said the word, slutty. This is it. <laughs> Just a little slutty. I love slutty wines. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, so, uh, Teresa, talk about what Dan was just saying, that the 2017, which is older than the 2018, mm-hmm. according to my math, <laughs> I checked with Mike and he said yes, I verified true. that's correct. Uh, so why is the uh, 18 more... Accessible than the 17 at this point? Good question. So it has to do mostly with the location of the vineyard. So we're talking about uh, the Petaluma Wind Gap, which is where the 2017 Terra de Promisio Pinot Noir comes from. Gotcha. It's really cold and windy. Right. The vines just, you know, they, they hang on for longer. Um, they come in a lot later during the season. And uh, the Taboni oh. Vineyard is located right in the heart of Santa Rosa. It gets warm during the day, but it's cool at night. So the vines hold on to acidity, but the fruit becomes really ripe and juicy and succulent. Succulent is exactly what you said, Dan. 
and I would actually, um, no pun intended, I would have this with a burger. Maybe even an impossible burger. Yeah, if you haven't is, had it, I oh, suggest you try it. I've been it. hearing about the impossible yeah, burger. it can be really no, delicious I can't do when that. done well. You can't do that? Isn't that, what is that, Burger King? There's, <laughs> there's no meat. No, you make it at home. You can buy the the impossible. Oh, there's no meat. Meat. Okay. It's a it's a meatless burger. Well, I gained 12 pounds during the pandemic, so I'm back on uh, Cobb salads now. <laughs> Boy, I sure love this wine because or the duck that Mike's bringing oh, the, up. Yeah, the famous. Oh yeah. But I, I love this wine because you can get to it a lot sooner. Uh, what's the retail price on this? This one. Are you ready for it? Yeah. This one is only $55 a Nobody, bottle. Nobody's going to take it seriously, but I will. I just, <laughs> no, that's a steal. Really a, a bargain. Mm-hmm. This is a great, great wine. This it's a good truly, pandemic wine. Well, you know, you don't get a Gary Farrell wine for uh, for a song. They're expensive to make. The cost of fruit, the cost of the production, and the time it takes to put them on the market. This one is a really special example. And Taboni, T-O-B-O-N-I. Correct. What's, what's the name mean? Uh, it's actually the owner's name, Joe Taboni. Well, the lovely man. He doesn't, yeah. And it's farmed by, uh, you know, the Valdez family. Oh. Oh. Good people. The yes. Valdez folks. Our dear friend who passed away a few years ago. Mm-hmm. He was a regular on this show. I Boy, love that man. Good, good one. You know, one thing that most people don't realize is that over the last 15 or so years, California has been selling Pinot Noirs for quite a bit of money. But think about the relationship between Pinot Noirs at $15, $16, $70, which is the very high end of the marketplace, and California Cabernet Sauvignons from Napa, which is selling for 200 to 300 to 500 to to $1,000 a bottle. They're priced out of the market for most people, and I think these wines deliver that much more. And I think that Sonoma County is at the forefront of this. You're not going to see an awful lot of Pinot Noir coming in from Napa these days, except for perhaps the Carneros. Mm-hmm. And the Carneros is warming up, and we're still making Pinot Noirs that will rival the best in Burgundy. This What's is your stuff. favorite Carneros Pinot? Oh, my goodness. I, there's several Carneros producers that are doing a really, really good job these days. And um, I'm trying to think. One of them was from uh, one, there's a there's a, a vineyard designate from Benziger that mm-hmm. escapes me that from what the name was that they do a really nice job with that, and also Cuvisan is doing a, a good job from mm-hmm. the Carneros. Mm-hmm. There's nice wines down there. <coughs> this is a very very special product though, and you know the bottom line is most people don't know how good Sonoma County can be with Pinot Noir. We're beginning to just uh, show. Properties here and there that that simply they've been in the ground for a few years, but nobody's had the right uh, connection between the winemaking and the grape growing. We're finally beginning. This is just stellar wine. Indeed, and you can come to Gary Farrell and taste, you know, several of them in one sitting if you'd like. I love that. But that's mm-hmm. GaryFarrellWinery.com. Hey, yeah, please, folks, trust us. Check, oh, yeah. check this out. <laughs> Oh, Teresa wouldn't be on the show if it were a pure accident. We we try. How long has it been since I was calling you to get you on? That, that was a while ago. <laughs> That's true. I think we tried uh, pre-vaccinations. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah, you haven't been in in a while. No. No. <clears throat> I'd actually forgotten the address. <laughs> As I do every day. 
Mike, how do I get to the station? You're already here. <laughs> uh, it's 5.53 on your Wednesday drive. California Wine Country brought to you by Bottle Barn, Dan Berger, and Teresa Heredia. The director... I have a question. Teresa, what other... Wait a minute. You interrupted me. I'm sorry. I have nothing to say. Go ahead. (laughs) What other grapes are you looking at? Whether you're making them or just exploring? Well, since you mentioned it before the show, I actually have a a real real interest in both Riesling as an additional white varietal. Um, We haven't really toyed around with it seriously at Gary Farrell, but... It's one of my favorite white varietals, if not my favorite. And Grenache. Grenache can be really amazing. I love Grenache. Mm-hmm. And, my favorite you know, one. It would fit well into our wheelhouse. But in the Russian River Valley, our focus is predominantly Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. What made Gary Farrell uh, so interested in the Russian River Valley when he first put all this together? You, you know, know I, I really think it was just the, the beautiful climate and the newness of the whole thing. You know, it wasn't, uh, I mean, the Appalachian was only established in 1983. And yeah, which Gary, is amazing to me. Yeah, and Gary made his first wine under the label in 19, from the 1982 vintage. So I think a lot of it was just the newness of the region and the cool climate, foggy, site specificity. You can really just make wines with some serious character. It's uh, Teresa Heredia, Director of Winemaking. At the great Gary Farrell Winery, GaryFarrellWinery.com. And you need to check out their place. It's gorgeous, as Dan has been talking about. Go on and make a reservation. You know, have an amazing wine tasting. What are you guys doing with food, with the wine tastings? We do these amazing cheese tastings. And uh, in the past, we have done these little... um, Inspiration tastings, which we're going to bring back. um, Where you have a little... uh, It's a specially tailored small bite like an amuse-bouche size but that's specifically paired amuse-bouche and prepared with the wine in Novato so- <laughs> Saturday night I'm sorry I can't stop myself <laughs> go ahead but predominantly what we're doing is cheese so we offer a you know an assortment of you know three or four different cheeses to go with the different wines that are in the tasting our friend yesterday with our regular Sonoma County Vintners session with Michael Haney from Comstock Wines. She said, everyone's doing wine and cheese. She asked their chef to do wine and grilled cheese. Grilled cheese. And he's, the, the chef is doing incredible different kinds of grilled cheese sandwiches. Which mm. And I love grilled cheese sandwiches. Local bread, local cheese. Sure. Grilled to perfection. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Which I thought was a great idea. Yeah. Comstock Wines. Well, the cheeses that you serve up at Gary Farrell are really, really good cheeses. And they are. They're, uh, they're, fortunately, they're distinctively different from one another. They are. And we often feature cheeses from Bellwether Farms, Marin French, oh, we uh, love Cowgirl Bellwether. Creamery. Bellwether's yeah. been on the show many times. We love them. And, uh, yeah. So it's very cool. Again, uh, GaryFarrellWinery.com. Make a reservation, go out, and have a great wine tasting with food and uh, all the people who are going to take total care of you. They're not just going, yeah, yeah, what do you want? No, they're not. No. Well, expound on that. They're going to take excellent care of you. They're going to cater to your um, every request and pour you even additional wines if you request. So take a look at our list of wines available online and decide which are your favorite and request them when you arrive. Next week, yeah, Pietro Butita 
from Lake County. He's going to bring Italian wines. All right, uh, Teresa, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Uh, Great to see you, Dan. Thank you, and we'll see you, Dan, next week.